check, baby, check, baby, one, two, three, four. <laughs> and we're live. Welcome back to the For Film Sake podcast. This is episode 11. I'm Brian Archija, and this is... Chris Lucky, and we're and back. We're back. We're fucking back. Every week, every week, I get impressed with the same goddamn thing. Hell yeah. It's good to be back. I mean, I feel like we're getting better every episode, and something to look forward to, we're going to do a best of from our 10 episodes, and I've taken like a week trying to like take like little <laughs> clips, and something about that is like listening to your own voice, like me and your voice, just yeah. for hours on end, I was like, I'm never going to speak again. <laughs> I'm never <laughs> speaking again. Here's the thing. Uh, something interesting happened. I used to not listen to our episodes, because mm-hmm. I, I just didn't, I just quite didn't like to listen to my own voice talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we got better mics and I was like, all right, I want to see how this shit sounds. Yeah. And now I literally look forward to our own episodes. Yeah. Now I listen to them. Like we're like, like I'm a listener of the podcast. Yeah, me too. Normally. Yeah. And it's funny because last episode, uh, Westerns came out last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I uploaded the episode on Monday night mm-hmm. and I got the notification two hours later after I uploaded the episode. And I'm like, oh shit, there's a new episode of For Film's Sake. Yeah. I uploaded the fucking episode. Yes, you do. <laughs> And so that's what's been happening with the so, podcast lately. It's you know, a lot of fun. Nothing wrong with sucking our own dicks a little bit. No, no. You know? A little bit of self-relation is all great. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. it's It's been a hell of a week. We started school oh, again. Yeah. And we have two classes at school mm-hmm. that are just going to kick our ass at yeah, some point. Hardcore. And like right now, it's like kind of okay. But the amount of information that we get delivered on a on like one of those classes, yeah, is fucking bananas. Yeah, uh, I think uh, on Monday's class we we were talking for the f- whole four hours. We were, yeah, and we only took one fifteen minute break. Mm-hmm. That's three hours and forty five minutes of just pure unloading of information. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and just trying to process it all, like writing down so much notes and trying to stay attentive, you know. So yeah. uh, we're we're gonna do our best, you know, from the, in the coming weeks to make sure we deliver a solid product. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna try, but uh, I f- I'm predicting that by the next, the end of the next like 11 weeks, mm-hmm. it's just gonna be we're just gonna be tired. And Don't you put that evil on me! <laughs> Don't you put that evil on me! <laughs> Hell no! We're gonna come with the energy. We're gonna come with the pizzazz, and we're gonna fucking do it. We're gonna fucking do it. We're gonna fucking do it. Yes. We're gonna give you a great podcast, and we're looking forward to it. Damn right. So okay, what uh, what have you been watching? I watched the uh, the finale of the O.J. Simpson uh, trial. Oh, shit. How'd yep. that go? Uh, he went to jail at the end. No, no, no. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You, you have this thing where you say shit like that, and I believe you for half a second. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, shit, really? Did he go to jail? He That's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, it, it, it ended just like it ended in real life. You know, he, he went to jail. And um, it, it gave me nightmares, man. I had a bad dream for the first time in a while last Did night. Did you dream that O.J. was like... No, 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 it was like uh, because in the trial, they showed that uh, he he eventually is acquitted of murder and he doesn't go to jail. So his first instinct is to celebrate, you know, right. so he throws like a huge party at his house and everyone is there just celebrating, celebrating. But then him is like he has this like downtrodden look and he knows that he's gotten away with murder yeah. and is just living with that. So I ended up having like a terrible dream that I murdered some woman or somewhere and I'm just like on the run for like three years. And every time there's like new evidence, I'm trying to cover it up and just like be. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was the stupidest shit ever, you know, nightmares from the damn OJ trial. Like, That's the, the fuck? fucking worst, when yeah. your own brain fucking goes crazy on you. Yeah. I Something's been happening to me lately. Uh, I've ha- been having a lot of dreams in which Snoop Dogg plays a, til- a, a character what? in my dream. Snoop Dogg has been in my dreams for like three weeks now. Is he like doing the for shizzle dizzle, like he's, all of it? He's, he's Snoop Dogg. Oh, nice. <laughs> he's, you know, 
He's not like a version of Snoop Dogg. It's, it's, it's actually like Snoop. fucking Snoop Dogg yeah. in my dreams. Yeah. And it, it's weird because I had one where I was uh, I was working on sort of investigation for a case. Mm-hmm. And Snoop Dogg was my partner. Nice. And so we're just walking. I was like, yeah, listen, I think this is what happened. I think the husband cheated on her. Mm-hmm. And she took it out on him and then stabbed him with like the fucking kitchen knife. Mm-hmm. And Snoop Dogg's like, for shizzle, dog. <laughs> for shizzle. I think that's what happened, dog. <laughs> It's like lighting up a blonde in the fucking police car. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, I wake up and every morning I go like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. what, so I, I, what I think is happening, I'm slowly going to turn into Snoop Dogg. Just slowly. And my yeah. core personality is going to disappear in the next five years. Mm. And then I'm just going to be Snoop Dogg. Just going to be the chillest person, most laid back, <laughs> let everything be. <laughs> just like, just let it be. Talking you know? about Snoop Dogg, I fucking love that guy so much. Yeah. He, uh, there was a picture on Reddit about him, uh, sort of... Um, Talking about Book uh, mm. Wilbur, some kid who's checking out the uh, Charlotte's Web. Oh no, that was um, that was from Trailer Park Boys. Trailer Park Boys, yeah. that was it. Yeah. Ah, uh, fuck, that was so goddamn funny. Checking out Wilbur, Charlotte. That pig's dope. Hell yeah, that pig is <laughs> dope, yo. Charlotte's Web and all that shit. Fucking loves Snoop Dogg. Yeah, that's that's what else I was doing. I was watching Trailer Park uh, Boys season ten. Oh, that's right. That, yeah. that came out recently. Yeah, it had uh, Doug Benson, Tom Arnold, and Snoop Dogg. Nice. Yeah. What the fuck's Snoop Dogg doing on... Smoking he's up doing all the music weed. with... <laughs> That's what he was doing. He was smoking up all the weed. <laughs> <laughs> he's showing up in music videos with Psy. Yeah. He's showing up... He showed up in, like, Korean television at one point. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is Snoop Dogg... Snoop Dogg, what the fuck? Are... Do you want to come over? Like... That'd be nice. I mean, he's, he's <laughs> like an international icon now. Yeah. I mean, there's people that don't even know a Snoop Dogg song, but they just know who Snoop Dogg is Snoop because of personality. I fucking love that guy. Yeah. Gen- no, generally, if you want to come over and talk about whatever the hell you want to talk oh, about... Yeah. Get over here. We can talk about your movie. We're cool. Hell yeah. I mean, you guys didn't know, but Snoop Dogg is an avid listener of for film's sake. Damn right. <laughs> Snoop Doggity Dog, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a guy in Trailer Park says that to him, too. Snoop Doggity Dog, dog. It's like, no, just just Snoop. <laughs> just Snoop. Uh, I've, never seen this sh- I've never seen this season. It's funny. Uh, it's that's good. fucking great. The uh, the other show I was watching this week, I told you about it last week, uh, You, Me, and the Apocalypse. Right. How's that going? It's so good that they canceled that shit after the first season. Really? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> That's like, I hate like getting so invested into a, a show, and I got on episode nine, and then I was like, what what happens? What's going to happen? And then I went on the internet. That shit was canceled. God damn. Was yeah. it canceled? What channel was so was selling it? Uh, sci-fi, maybe. Sci- that's why sci-fi you know, is notorious for canceling good telly. And I mean, it was it was only going to be good for one season. I mean, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine what they could have done with it, you know, in season two. Because what it was, it was an apocalypse. They um, there was a comet coming towards the Earth. They tried to um, to to shoot a missile at it to take it off the course, and they failed. Right. You know, they failed in that. So it was still it was still going to hit the Earth, and everyone's going to die. But the government told them that the mission was successful, and they diverted the comet. You know, so everybody's living happily for those 30 days. But then like, then like two days later, they're seeing the comet is just getting closer and closer and not diverting. There's like, hold on. Then they're looking around like for all the like high profile people in America and they're not around anymore. It's like, oh shit, they fucked us. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That realization of like, ah, shit, we're going to die in like 28 days. Yeah. And they're fine. They're like in Mars, like in a colony. Yeah. Eating poop fertilized potatoes. Yeah. That's fucking insane. I, I like shows that do the weird thing. Mm-hmm. That and that, that show definitely looked like it was doing the weird fucking thing to, yeah. with the apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, but sci-fi is notorious for canceling um, good television shows. Mm-hmm. There was one show called... I'm going to put my microphone closer. I'm not used to being at this volume. Yeah. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, sci-fi canceled a good sh- a show called Alphas. Uh, Alphas? Alphas. A-L-P-A-S. Oh, Alphas. Yeah, Alphas. Yes. Did you see that shit? Hell yeah. That was so fucking good. And they canceled it. 
Yeah. After like I think first season it was first two season. seasons. Two seasons. Yeah, two. Yeah. And it was just when it was about to get interesting because the kid with a uh, autism who yeah. plays Vincent Murray. And That's Bones. one of the best actors on there. He's yeah. So fucking fantastic. Yeah. And he was going a bit rogue, mm-hmm. and I was okay. I want to see where this shit is going. Yeah. Fucking canceled it. Yep. Fucking canceled it. Every time. And to this now, for is still on Netflix, and I he'll, I have one episode left. Yeah. Shit. I have one episode left, mm. and I haven't watched it because I know that I don't want to know the ending. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, a lot of good sci-fi does get canceled because, I mean, it takes a while for people to catch on to it. I mean, Firefly yeah. was sci-fi, sci-fi, and what, one season? Canceled. Canceled. Oh. Absolutely canceled. And uh, Firefly is a shame that it was canceled because it was so good. Yep. Um, but uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, interesting thing that happened to me, mm. I, I bought movies. Okay. Like a digital... Like a digital fucking uh, version of Alien. Not a digital version, like a physical version, Blu-ray version of Alien. Uh, dude, if you're looking for a pen, there's like probably one somewhere in my jacket. I'll, find, I'll find one at You'll find one? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I bought the physical version of Aliens and the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. And I'd never bought a physical movie before. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it felt nice. It felt good. Okay. Like, I walked up to the casino. like, fuck yeah, I'm buying aliens. Yeah. What the hell are you going to do about it? Hell yeah. Fucking buying aliens. I'm not buying, <laughs> I'm buying aliens. Yeah. <laughs> and it just felt good, like, morally. Uh, so, I'm looking forward to that. The DVD comes with, like, the director's cut and the theatrical cut. Nice. Mm. Looking forward to that shit. Hey, yeah, really, Scott. Ah, uh, fucking... The, okay, I, I watched half the movie. I know mm. we were going to watch it together. Mm. But I was like, all right, I got to fucking get this off my head. So, I watched half the movie. Yeah. What the fuck is up with the cat in the movie? I haven't seen it. I don't know. All right. <laughs> let me tell you this. They're, uh, the plot is they're a commercial ship, mm-hmm. and they go to a planet for investigating a signal. Yep. And then um, they a parasite comes into the ship, and then it kills one guy, runs into the ship, turns into the fucking alien to try and survive it. Mm-hmm. It's the whole plot of the movie, right? Okay. Except <laughs> there's one fucking cat mm-hmm. in this movie. Everyone wakes up from stasis from like their job. Yeah. And... Suddenly, they stand up, and there's a cross to solve, and everyone's having breakfast at the table, mm-hmm. and there's a fucking cat on the table. Was the cat, did they just put the cat in stasis with them? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. They never tell you. It's just a fucking cat on the table. Hmm. And I was like, okay, I can get past the cat's uh, sort of dodgy introduction yeah. uh, and, and, and whatever, but then the cat has a fucking plot point. <laughs> really? The cat has a plot point in this fucking movie. Yeah. And... They don't. They never introduce the cat. They don't explain why the cat's there. Mm-hmm. They no one even addresses the fucking cat. How, how many like twenty minutes in the movie? How many lines did the cat have? He, he had five. Five lines. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, one of them was a hiss, and four were meows. Nice. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is this cat doing in this goddamn movie? Yeah. And then I started thinking because it bothered me so much because mm-hmm. Ridley Scott uses inserts of this cat. Like he closes up on the cat's fucking face like mm-hmm. he's a person. Yeah. And uh, there's one point where one dude is dying, and he just goes like cut to a really close up of the cat's face oh like reaction shots yeah but going to a cat instead of a human <laughs> a cat. that's kind of cool right. like, it is cool but yeah. I'm like what the fuck are you doing really yeah. it's a fucking cat it's not gonna give a shit Mm-mm. about the guy dying. if it was a dog I'd get it yeah but it's a cat yeah he doesn't care cat doesn't give a fuck <laughs> none cat's probably gonna help you help the alien fucking eat the guy yes if no one feeds him for too long yep it's a fucking cat you don't show a reaction shot <laughs> of a fucking cat Ridley Jesus Christ and then there's no explanation as to why the cat... Like, we know it's Ripley's pet, mm-hmm. but it's like, why did Ripley bring a fucking cat into space? Do you know the practicality, the liability issues of bringing a fucking cat into space? I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> It's fucking bananas. It's insane. Yeah, that is going to be wild. The cat shits in the wrong place. You're fucking crashing in Jupiter. Yeah. The cat jumps in the keyboard because it wants to play, oh, fuck to the moon. Yeah. 
What are you going to do about it? Get one in a play. That is super odd. I'm going to have to watch Alien now. We've got to do that. So yesterday, after I cut off the movie at like the 40-minute mark, Mm -hmm. I spent like 10 minutes fuming about this fucking cat. I want to know why the fuck he put the cat in there. Could have been anything. Could have been anything. And he shows a fucking cat. And I'm a cat person. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a cat person. I really am. But what the fuck is up with the cat in Alien? I don't know. If you can tell me that, if you can concisely give me a good, solid reason, Mm -hmm. that's not the plot point of the movie as to why the fuck that cat is in that ship, Mm -hmm. I will fucking commend you personally, because what the fuck? I mean, so, all right, so go ahead and write into the podcast at uh, For Film's Sake Podcast on Twitter, hashtag what the fuck cat, <laughs> you know, and uh, we'll give, give give us any explanation for that cat being an alien, and uh, we'll get right back to you about it. <laughs> ah, goddamn. Fucking yeah. cat. Uh, yeah. So that was my fucking movie watching weekend. I watched half of Alien, mm-hmm. and I got angry at a cat. It's yeah. an orange tabby. Yeah. It's an adorable cat. I want to pet the shit out of it, mm-hmm. but I don't know why it's there. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. Man. Just, uh The only other uh, odd thing that happened, I was telling you about it earlier today. The um, the guy, the, a white guy that called, this black guy that I was talking to called him white. Hmm. <laughs> and it was odd to me. Uh, to set the scene, it's like, I, I was at work, and I'm talking to this other black guy. Tall, wears glasses, but he speaks kind of, ner- well, I guess kind of how I do then. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of speaks how I do. But you so, sound um, like a person. Yes, exactly. Which is normal. Yeah, yeah, I sound normal. You know, so um, as we're talking, a white guy walks up to him. He was like, man, you whiter than I am. You know, and then he continues to walk. And then I'm like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was like, because um, I'm like, what does that mean? Like, should you take your glasses off and be holding a blunt and, and a 40 ounce of beer? Like, would that have made <laughs> have you a black? Have a Hennessy in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> like, would that have made you black? Like, I didn't get it. So I was like, it's just what his interpretation of what black people is. You know, so I mean, that's him having a skewed image of what a black person can be. Yep. So if you're not the thug out drinking gin and juice and you know what i'm saying like that version then you're white yeah which <laughs> is know? insanely stupid yeah because i mean that that li- that puts so much limitation you know on somebody like me that i yeah. can only be one thing and be black it's a, fucking, it's a fucking glass ceiling at the end of it yeah i mean basically it's saying black is negative and if you're not negative then you're, you're kind white. of like what positive is and that's white you know yeah. it's like what the fuck it's, it's, it's a stupid turn of thought yeah and i i hate the I hate the, the the converse of that, not the con- the reverse of that, okay. the, which is a a white person that tries to act black, mm. and but in trying to act black, he sort of falls into all the stereotypes of what a black person is. Oh yeah, and yes. and mm. we we actually have one of our classmates is is obviously falling into this trap. A white guy trying to be black? Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't worry, I'll tell you. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, Mike. Okay. Um, but th- I can I totally see it happen every mm. so often, and I'm like, God damn, dude, you fucking. Yeah. Just be a normal person. Okay. Just yeah. use your language. Yeah. Because I can tell, like, it's not like he uses that language every day. Mm. It's like, I feel like he's trying to force it. Because all his friends are kind of black. <laughs> mm. And so, so it, it, the reverse of that is always, uh, is always funny to watch, too. Well, but that's, that's the thing, though. It's like, I, the, me and the other guy, we're not trying to be anything. Though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, as a black person, I'm a black person, but I'm not trying to be anything other than myself. It's odd when a white person is trying to be black. That's mm-hmm. odd. But it's like, if a white person just doesn't fit the typical in the box of what you consider a stereotypical white person, yeah. that shouldn't be a problem. And no, it's know? not a problem either. Yeah. I, I think that when you're trying to be something you're not, that's when the problem that's is. That's yep. But, I, I mean, you're... You're like a, an intellectual dude. Sure. You're a normal fucking person. Mm-hmm. You just happen to be black. Yes. And I hate when people sort of try to insert a negative and positive narrative. Yeah. Uh, 
So I'm sorry that shit happens to you guys like almost every fucking day. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's whatever. Insane. I mean, it's wild. And the thing is, it's like the guy that I was talking to, the black guy I was talking to, it's like, he was like, man, I don't even think about it. If I have to think about every time somebody says something like that to me, yeah. then I would just walk around mad all day. You know, if I like if every time someone called me an Oreo or someone called me white and thought they were complimenting me, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? It's like that. That I would just go crazy. <laughs> you know, you would just like, shoot up a place. Yeah. Like that's not a compliment. <laughs> it's not a compliment to call me white. Like it's not, <laughs> you know, it, it's 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 totally denying uh, like a really huge part of one's identity. Yes. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. It's like walking around to like a, a gay person mm. and you're like, nah, you're straight. Yeah. Like what the fuck? <laughs> It's super the entire stupid. book, yeah. Ah, people. Yeah. I, I feel like you and I deal with uh, not stupid people, but people that are unintentionally stupid mm. a lot. Sure. And that's uh, and that gets me every time. That's why sometimes weekends I can't go out mm. just because I, I I've dealt with it so much. I just like I just want to fucking stay in bed today. I don't want to deal with any of this. And just be away Christ. from it. You yeah. just fucking. <sighs> yeah, and and and, and I'm, I know we're slightly over time, but uh, I'm I'm Hispanic, right? Mm-hmm. So I hate it. Where when, Where are you from? Uh, Puerto, Puerto Rico. Ah, Puerto Rico. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Son of a bitch. Got that in there. <laughs> Snuck that one in. Nice. So uh, I'm I'm Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. and every time. Uh, Another Hispanic, doesn't matter what country he's from. Mm. He tries to sort of like, oh, we're Hispanic. We're yeah. from the same culture. Mm. And I was like, y- yeah, 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 we kind of are. Yeah. And then, but then they start bringing sort of the, the, the Hispanic perception of being a person. Oh, yeah. The sort of like, I don't know, you're Hispanic. You should be helping me out because you're Hispanic too. Mm. I'm like, dude, I barely have time to like help me out. Mm. Like half the time I'm awake, I want to like not be awake. And yeah. you're telling me to help you out. The fuckers yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that shit. Or like when they do the like the immigration jokes or the fucking they expect me to sympathize with the immigration situation. Mm, mm. Uh which I do, but yeah. they expect me to and that annoys me. Yeah. Like they shouldn't expect me to. Okay. Uh I, I don't know. It just fucking like Hispanic culture annoys the piss out of me even though mm. I'm Hispanic. Yeah. because uh, we do a whole bunch of like tiny little arrogant bullshit to each other. Yeah. And so if you're Hispanic and then you meet me, uh don't don't fucking don't be the asshole that tells me that I, I got hit with the chancla when I was like eight. I did, okay? I fucking did. I know. You it. got hit with the chancla? Yeah, it's a flip-flop. Yeah, but like what is that? Why would that make you be? What does that mean? It's a, it's a cultural thing of saying that Hispanic parents are more aggressive. Oh, okay. And teaching your kids. It's like saying like uh, like the joke that you got you did something wrong so your mom beat your ass. Yeah. That kind of joke mm. on an exaggerated level. That's how it feels in the Hispanic culture. Mm. To me. Okay. I'm, I'm doing a shit job at explaining it, but uh, when we do, if we ever do an episode of stand-up comedy, mm. I can perfectly explain it through stand-up comedy. Okay. Because there's a lot of Hispanic comedians that suck fucking dick. All right. <laughs> Anyways, on that note. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We, today we're going to talk about sci-fi. Science fiction, yes, yes. And uh, fucking sci-fi is my one of my favorite genres of Same. movies. And yep. television, too. Uh, so we're going to talk about um, sci-fi. I'm particularly going to talk about sci-fi and television. Mm, okay. um, because I feel like sci-fi and television have been at the forefront of each other. Right. Uh, they, they've had an interesting relationship. Mm. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break, uh, and then we'll be back with sci-fi. Yes, yes. Cheers. Thanks for watching. Not This isn't the ending. No. They, Fuck. they don't know that, so. Uh, it's all good, yeah. Let's just end it right now. Fuck that. Yeah. We're done. We're, we're, we're good. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're good. <laughs> 
That's fucking good. Good for you, Charles Barkley. Yeah. Maybe you're not as crazy as everyone thought you were. They thought Charles Barkley was crazy? Charles Barkley. Fuck, that's a... That's the other one. That's Nars. That's the song. Nars Barkley? Yeah. CeeLo Green, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was the one that raped someone. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that person is crazy. All right, maybe he is as crazy as everyone thought. <laughs> Nars Barkley is, yes. I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Charles, Charles Barkley, Barkley. He's, he's fine. What, what does Charles Barkley do? Basketball. Right. Mm. Sorry, Charles. <laughs> uh, good on him for, like, pushing against that shit. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're back. Welcome yes, back. Yes. Uh, science fiction. Mm-hmm. Science fiction for me is like the quintessential film genre. The the mm. sort of the how do you say it? Like if you were gonna say what's a film, mm. like what's a movie, mm. most of my answers would be science fiction. Whoa! Because uh, not in terms of like what's a good movie, mm. but like what is a movie? Like what does a movie stand for? Like. What's mm. good storytelling? What's good imagination? What's good writing? All that kind of stuff. Mm. I find those more often in sci-fi than mm. in any other genre. Okay. So I think that if, if someone that never watched a movie before would tell me, hey, what's a good movie to watch? I'd mm. give him a science fiction movie. I would give him science fiction myself, but just because that's my favorite genre. And then I would go to comedy and so forth and so forth. But I don't want to say that science fiction is like the end-all, be-all of good movies. Oh, yeah. Know? No, no, no. There's that's a lot preference. of science fiction that sucks. Yeah. And there's a, a lot of other stuff that, that is, is science fiction that's amazing. It's really good, yeah. But yeah. Uh, for me, the, the value of filmmaking mm. is all is, is, is in science fiction. All of the elements for me mm. that are valuable in filmmaking mm. and, and good show running are present in, in sci-fi. Sure. Which okay. is, which is uh, fucking fantastic for me. Mm. Uh, what, is, what, what do you think sci-fi... Why do you like sci-fi so much? You're a huge fan of sci-fi. You've oh, mentioned yeah. it a couple times. Yes. Why do you love it so much? They they already had equality, <laughs> not not seriously, like no yeah, joke. You're not wrong. They already had equality. I mean, I'm like a seven year old growing up in a black neighborhood and seeing things one way. And I, I think I talked about on the first or second episode, yeah, like probably. living through television and wanting to to escape my reality through television, you know, and seeing Star Trek, you know, back then. And it's just there there was no need for money. There was no need for you know hatred between race or war between each other. None of that. You know, it was it was amazing to where it was just you're you're judged on your character and what you're able to do. Yeah. And, you know, and that's that's the first thing that drew me to it. And the second was just like time travel and things that just weren't tangible, you know, in my current existence. Yeah. And, tr- and trying to find a reasonable, good way to explore them mm-hmm. on camera Yeah, is why I think science fiction is is amazing. Because mm. science fiction for me is the more societal of the genres. Mm. It always takes as something that's a happening society and it magnifies it a hundred times bigger mm. so that you can see the clear divisive line and you can see the allegory mm. inside it and you can relate it back to that social issue and go like, well, that was fucking dumb, wasn't it? Only other genre that I see that does that, comedy. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's, that was and, all my two favorites. And I think it's it's, it's the nature of, of, of the genre itself mm-hmm. because... For comedy to be able to laugh at something, mm-hmm. you gotta understand why it's funny and why it why it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you make a joke about racism, mm-hmm. you're blowing racism out of proportion mm-hmm. so that people can see how silly it. Bringing really is. light to something, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And science fiction is doing the same. The same it. exact thing. It just mm-hmm. does it in a serious tone, yep. or it brings back that sort of uh, childlike wonder in a person, mm-hmm. where all of those things didn't matter. Yeah. Uh, my favorite example of like sort of progressive science fiction mm-hmm. would be Star Trek. I'm not a huge Star Te- Trek television fan. shows or movie. 
Uh, I, I general, prefer the television. Okay. I prefer the television shows because they were more narrative. Let's get in the movies. Hey, uh, let's get into Star Trek. Let's get, uh, let's get, I'm not a huge fan of Star Trek. Which I don't ones know a lot like? about the lore. I like the Picard ones. Uh, next Generation. Yeah, Next Generation. Okay. Uh, I, there's something about uh, Picard. Mm. Uh, Sarah Patrick Stewart is just an amazing actor. Mm. And I fucking love watching him do stuff on camera. Yeah. Uh, so I got in. The first time I watched Star Trek was a, was a Picard episode. Okay. And uh, it was something about. I think the first quote I remember, someone asked him why was he bald mm. or something, and he responded by saying, "Well, in the future, they don't care about being bald." He was in an interview in a Comic Con thing, mm. and I think someone asked him, "Wouldn't they have cured baldness in the future?" And yeah. he said, "Well, in the future, they wouldn't care about me being bald." They wouldn't. And for some reason, that stuck with me. And after seeing that quote, I kind of looked at what Star Trek was doing mm-hmm. a lot more deeper. And Star Trek really did take a lot of situations that were happening at the time yeah. and just blew them out of the water mm-hmm. and, like, showcased them. Gender equality, one of the first uh, women, one of the first black women mm-hmm. to have a major role in a television show was in Star Trek. Yep. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember if it was uh, Next Generation or uh, with the, uh, the original series. The original? Mm-hmm. That's fucking insane. That's yeah. a huge step forward back yep. in that time period. Yeah. That was, like, early, late 60s? 60s, yeah. Yeah. It's fucking bananas. Hell the yeah. first black woman to hold a starring role on uh, network television. On yeah. network television happened because of Star Trek. Yeah. And I think that because they did that, the whole show unintentionally became this platform for sort of social progress. Mm. And it always did it entertainingly. None of the episodes felt really stale for me. Mm. But the issues were like, well, they're not human, but they're still alive. They're okay. people. Yeah. And by exploring that sort of um, humanity, aspect mm-hmm. of like well are they still human yeah. if they're not human like are they still a thing that we should be careful okay. or we should be caring for or help them i was like then the end of the episode was always usually like yeah yeah if we care for the people around you care for the things that are around you that are all alive yep and i feel like that message has always been intrinsic to star trek it is and uh, it's been the anti-war sort of intellectual side of 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 technology. I mean, life is precious, and that's what they recognize in Star Trek. Yeah. My uh, my personal favorite Star Trek was Star Trek Voyager. Mm. That's um that's the one where they had uh, the captain was Captain Janeway, and it's the first Star Trek where the captain was a woman. Okay. And I was like, whoa! Like you got to sit there and, and and that wasn't one of the highly regarded Star Treks out there. But yeah. for me, it's like I said, I want equality, and I love to see equality. So when I got to see a woman being represented that way, and then a um. A Native American named Chakotay, a black guy, uh, his Asian guy was just everything, you know. I mean, all it was diversity episode. at its purest form because oh, yeah. they were diversity. all characters. Mm-hmm. They weren't a Chinese guy. They weren't a, a woman. They weren't a black guy. They were mm-hmm. people that were working in a crew. Yep. And they made it work. Yeah. And I think that's that's like the most meaningful thing about sci-fi: breaking those social boundaries and then letting you see that they're in fact not the right thing to think about. And I think that's fucking fantastic. Or just really just giving you a choice because I mean, yeah. they're, they're not um, they're not pandering or trying to dictate to you what you should choose. They're showing both options and holding them up there and let it, and putting it in your face and letting you decide for yourself. Exactly. You know. So I, I really like that about them. A lot. They, they've been sort of the moral police of of, of fiction. Yeah, self science fiction. Yeah. yeah. And 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 I, and I fucking love it. And I'm not mm. a huge fan of Star Trek. I never liked sort of the lore or the mm. or the or the plot so far of the story. I never really got super into it. No, it's so good, man. It's I know so it's good. good. I know it's, it's so good. good. But at this point, I have like fucking 30 years of Star Trek to catch up on. Yes. Um. So it's it's difficult for me to say that I'm going to get into Star Trek. And I appreciate mm. Star Trek for what it is. Yeah. 
Um, but the thing that it did for me was that it, it showed me what good sci-fi was. Mm-hmm. The few couple of episodes that I've watched. Yeah. And I've appreciated the hell out of it for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a good fucking television show. It's one of the best. Yep. I mean, like, you know, I, I'm like a crack addict for entertainment, um, just content in general. Yeah. You know, so I'm like... If I, I would love if there was another Star Trek that had a thousand episodes you would that I could consume them in a day, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like whenever if if if, in, if at any point that you and you can't see me, I'm consuming content. Swear yeah. to you, at any point in life that you can't see me, I'm consuming content. Whether it's podcast, television, Netflix, I mean, it's just something that I love, and it's why we're doing podcasts now in the first place. Yeah, exactly. You know, but um, even even back back to sci-fi, we were talking about uh Star Trek. Sci-fi in television is what brought me to sci-fi in movies in the first place. Yeah, same here. You know, so I mean, the first movie, well, one of the better movies that um that I liked in in the theaters was a movie called Looper. Looper, Looper was a good movie. Seen I haven't that? seen it. Oh yeah, no, I haven't seen it. That's but I know it was good. a good movie. It's uh Bruce Willis, uh, Joseph Gordon Lovett. You know, so um yeah, he he does amazing job. You know, I he, thought you said Joseph Gordon Lovett, and I was like, is he fucking? Is it Levitt? It's Levitt, yeah. Yeah, Joseph Gordon Levitt, yeah. Yeah. So um, is a, he plays a younger version of Bruce Willis in the movie, yep. you know. So um, basically, they've invented time travel, but time travel is um, uh, being taken over by the mob, you know. So basically, they're the only ones that can go back and forth. So um, they have them just doing random things in the future, but ev- and they pay you for it. But eventually, they send you back to the past and have you killed. Yeah, you know, and but and, and close they, the time. they have one dude specifically that lives in the past. Well, uh, no, just one dude. I mean, there's a number of people. No, 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 but like they have like one dude that they pay to like kill people from the future in the past. Is that what the thing is? Uh, not just one person, but yeah. um, but uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, he, uh, when they sent, well, he was one of the people that was to kill people, but there was okay. no, a number of people that's killing people that are coming back. But um, he was killing someone to come back, and it was himself. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't realize that it was um the older version of himself that he was gonna kill. Right. You know, but the story starts from there. Really, really, really good. I love Looper. How does how does the story handle the fact that old Bruce Willis knows what happened while young Bruce Willis doesn't know what happened? That's that's the thing. It's like um they they use they use shots. It's weird shots. So like um say Bruce Willis and they're standing right side by side. Bruce Willis will take a knife and then cut himself, and mm-hmm. then the the younger version of Bruce Willis will be seen experiencing the pain and experiencing a thought of, of pain. Hmm. You know, yes, yeah, it's, it's very very weird. You know, that's interesting. I would think yeah. that that's. Fucking time travel, man. Yeah. Time travel has been my favorite version of sci-fi. Yeah. Since ever. Yeah. Fucking love time travel. Yes, yes. Uh, so Looper's a time travel action movie, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Recommended? Action. Hell yeah. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Not, there's not so much action, you know, but it's definitely, it fucks with your head. <laughs> like it's, it's really, really good. I love I love those kind of movies. Mm-hmm. The, I have, I'm a huge fan of going back to television. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of Doctor Who. I yeah. fucking love Doctor Who. That, I don't think I'll... That's like... I'm with Doctor Who. I'm Doctor Who Who to where you are on... Uh, Star Trek. Star Trek, yeah. yeah. There's so many Doctor Whos and I'm never going to see it because there's, there's so much of it. But even I, I'm a huge fan of the series, but mm-hmm. I can't go back to the 60s and watch every fucking Doctor Who episode. There's yeah. a lot of them. There's, there's a, a shitload of them. Yes, there is. Uh, but I'm a huge fan of Doctor Who and I've been watching it since 2005 since the reboot. And one of the things that it does, I mean, spectacularly... Is that same focus on being of getting out of your problems intellectually and trying to solve things peacefully? Mm-hmm. And Doctor Who with time travel mm-hmm. has done some amazing shows, some amazing imagery. Yeah, there's one episode where uh, the Doctor travels to the end of the universe mm-hmm. and just watches the universe die. Yeah, and you're like, holy fuck, that's the universe dying! Like that's gonna happen. Yeah, and there's no way that you're gonna see it because like five billion years from now. Mm-hmm. But exploring those ideas, exploring that imagery, exploring the feelings. 
of knowing that at some point you will die and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. That at some point anything will die. There's yeah. nothing you can do about it. There's a sort of beautiful uh, prism of light and that nihilism mm-hmm. that I love about sci-fi. And that's present in pretty much any any sci-fi. Yeah. Um, so even Looper, when you've got this whole mess of time travel mm-hmm. and like younger selves and, and, and older selves, mm-hmm. at some point uh, someone's going to realize that they're doing something wrong mm. and that's going to be the resolution of the conflict but it's it's going to be with the sort of a manifestation of like an older version of you coming to terms with the, what a younger version of you was or whatever like it's going to be always going to be some sort of reconciliation between two parties i think i mean that's that's what happens at the end of looper the reconciliation was the younger version of himself takes a shotgun and shoots himself in the chest so he doesn't become the older version of himself of yeah right and that's accepting that uh, and for me that meant that he accepted that he was going to be a dick yeah. and he didn't want to do it. Yeah. And I was like, and all right, like, well, and, fuck he, that. and he understood all the circumstances that drew him to become that person. Yeah. You know, so it's like he didn't even hate the older version of himself because older, older version of himself is just a victim of circumstance. Yeah. You know, but he did not want to become that person. I mean, eventually, I mean, he was trying to save a small child and the kid was um, either God or the devil, pretty much. Like, really, he just had ridiculous powers that no one else had. And they didn't know which way he was going to go. In the future, he turns out to become this evil dictator who's taken over the world right. and is the most evil person ever. But there's an alternate version to where he just brought peace to the entire world and he's the only one that could could have done it. <laughs> you know, so um, the older version of Bruce Willis comes back to kill that kid, you know, before he does all of that. Because he comes from the future where he becomes the devil kid. Yeah, yeah. And the younger version of Bruce Willis, he's seeing this small, innocent child who can become anything. Yeah. You know, so um, eventually it just lets you think for yourself like what what happens to this kid now right you know that he has the love of his mother and he doesn't have terror in his face every day you know which right. which path does he, does he choose but the, the and, and that's interesting because the, the circumstances yeah, does that be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the circumstances of bruce willis going to kill this kid mm-hmm. are probably the circumstances that initiate the transition into being the asshole kid mm-hmm. and that's about sci-fi yep. sort of the inescapable way that whatever you do is going to affect you in any way yeah sci-fi explores beautifully with time oh, travel yeah. and i fucking love it it was it was like eerie too i mean for him to come back in time to kill children mm-hmm. like not even a single child because he didn't know which child it was only information he had was the, the kid was born in this ho- this uh this hospital on this day at this time you know so that narrowed it down to like seven kids so he had to go kill like three or four kids as they're they're sleeping in their bed you know before he finally gets to the one you know so it's 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 kind of insane let's start oh yeah it's very dark and science fiction is amazing at bringing out the darkness Mm -hmm. in 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 a certain situation or a certain set of circumstances and Mm -hmm. doing it uh fucking beautifully yeah yeah Oh man, I love science fiction. I mean, so I good. I have a list of. We'll see if you. You've probably seen a lot of these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, give me your rundown because you're mm. the science fiction guy, really. Oh, give me it. your rundown of of like what do you think is good sci-fi. I went. I went on a list and I was trying to find what are the uh, the better sci-fi movies mm-hmm. and. I just brought out the premiere one. So uh, number 25 was a movie called Edge of Tomorrow. We Fuck talked about that. Loved Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. It was one of my favorite sci-fi movies of recent. I think it's the, really the only good sci-fi movie in the last five or seven years. Yeah, it, mm, well, I'm, apart I'm, from like, yeah, Interstellar no. was a thing. 
Because yeah, like the, it. It, it was number twenty five yeah. on the list, and there's movies that came out on the list. But anyway, well, and you yeah, seen, we'll get through it. Yeah, yeah all right. So uh, number twenty four was uh, Donnie Darko that came right. out in two thousand and one, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. He receives a visit from a sinister rabbit who may be trying to convince him to travel through time. Yeah, <laughs> and it sounds silly, but that movie's awesome, yo. I haven't seen it. It's on my queue for like good sci fi that I have to see. It was the the movie that took Jake Gyllenhaal from independent movies and a nobody to. Uh, making people know how to pronounce Gyllenhaal. <laughs> you know? I actually think I, I think that I watched an interview and he was tired about it. I think it was Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal, yeah. yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, skipping down, they had uh, number 22, Interstellar. Nice. I liked Interstellar. Interstellar was a good movie. Interstellar was really good and I, it was appropriate for number 22 for me because yeah. I'm like, may, I couldn't tell if this was the best science fiction movie of all time and I just couldn't grasp it at the time. Like I tried to liken it to um, Space Odyssey 2001 yeah. and if I was alive to go to the movie theater to see that at the movie theater and watching three hours worth of movie while sitting there, would I have been able to appreciate to know how great 2001 is at the time. I think you would have, but I think that comparing um, Interstellar to 2001... I don't, I don't want to compare it like, this is this, yeah. but it's just like, do I get it? Do I get everything that's happening that's right now? That's the thing. That's what I'm saying, because if you watch Interstellar, you cannot get the movie, mm -hmm. uh, and then you'd still think it was a good movie. I kind of did. Right. Yeah. You, can, you can sort of not get it and be like, oh, that was at least entertaining. Um, okay. But Interstellar, I feel like it's one of those movies where if you get, if you don't get it, yeah, you just fucked. hate the movie. Yeah, and I, and I think that happened because um, Spectacle, the mm. spectacle of of, of um, you know time travel mm. and multidimensional beings and all yeah. this bullshit, mm -hmm. uh, overshadowed the story. It did, and I didn't care about as much as the characters mm. as I should have because I wanted to find out who the fuck the multidimensional beings were. Will you, will you say that again? Will you say that again? The spectacle starting there. The spectacle overshadowed the story. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the best I've heard about interstellar so far and i think that's really true <laughs> like really yeah no it's it's really true and and they try and, and this is a thing that nolan does mm. nolan uh, if you look back at memento mm. his story was simple and intimate yeah right and and he was really good at telling a simple and intimate story yeah and making it look fascinating and i mean memento is one of my favorite fucking Same. movies yeah uh but when you go from memento to interstellar you can tell that a big budget, a really really big budget where you can do anything you want yeah has really sort of allowed christopher nolan to become heavy-handed with the complicated concepts. Yeah. And and that bothered me about Interstellar because I loved the movie when I first saw it. Mm. But then I started thinking about the movie and realized that movie's not selling anything important. It's, it's not, not giving me a concept it's not. that's worth exploring. It's just, it looked really cool mm -hmm. and there was time travel. Yeah. And I, lo I love it. I love the movie. Mm. And I, apart from the bullshit with uh, love transcends all dimensions. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, this is a, a really good movie. Yeah. Um, but it just... Again, spectacle overshadowed the story. And characters that I should have cared about, like the old guy. Um, uh, the, I remember her name. The fucking old guy at NASA, Michael Caine. Yeah. Uh, the, he has a scene where he dies and he reads a poem by Dylan Thomas. Mm. Uh, Don't go into the good night or something. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's supposed to be a really emotional scene, but I was like, all right, well, he's dead. What's going to happen with the corner? Yeah. And, and, and it shouldn't be like that. If you, if you have a that intimate of a moment on screen, mm -hmm. then I should care about that intimate of a moment on screen. That was nice. That's that's the best breakdown of Interstellar offered so far. Sweet. And the uh, the next movie is at number seventeen, Ex Machina. Ex Machina, one of my fucking favorite movies too. Yes, man. I love Ex Machina. Two thousand and fifteen, Dom Hall Gleason and Oscar Isaac. That's that movie like, caught me off guard so much. There's movies that came out in the last three years. Yeah. Sci-fi is still doing it. 
The next, uh, at number 15, one of my personal favorites, favorites, favorites ever, Minority Report, Minority 2002. Report. That's a good one. Written by Scott Frank, directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. This movie was awesome because it had a concept. If we're, we're trying to become a more civilized society in the future, so they want to eliminate crime altogether. Yep. So, so what they're doing there is uh, they have these... Um, they have what they call precogs, you know. So it's basically um, psychics, you know. Two of them are guys and one of them is a girl. And they keep them in this, uh, like, this gelatinous pool with um, these things over their heads. They have probes in their heads. Yeah, probes. There we go, probes. With probes over their heads, you know. So uh, they can predict the future and predict crime before it actually happens, give that information to the police, and then arrest the, the individual before they actually commit the crime, mm-hmm. you know. So then it goes into the, the fact of just because I was going to do it, so there's nothing that could have stopped me from doing this. You know? Yeah, yeah. It comes into the it, it deals with inevitability. Yeah, in, in, inevitability. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Tom Cruise is um he he works for the um he works for the police company or whatever, and eventually his name comes up you know as someone that is going to commit a crime and not a regular crime a murder. Yeah. You know, so he's going through everything he can to find out why, and then he finally gets to the point and he was like, no, I am going to do this. Yeah. I am going to commit murder. He was like, wow, and I was. And I think yeah. that's fascinating because that's a time loop disguised mm-hmm. as a as a crime movie. Yeah, that's a time loop movie. It is. And I I I've, I saw the movie a long long time ago. Mm-hmm. I barely remember the movie. Mm-hmm. But I, th- does he does he actually commit the the murder? Uh, no. I think he doesn't. I right. I think no, yeah. he goes back yeah, on his word. Yeah. Um, but the reason that he was doing it sort of made sense mm-hmm. for us as a viewer. I remember that much. I remember being with Tom Cruise in this yeah. movie. Yeah. And I think that's fascinating because like, wh- I mean. What do you do when the person hasn't actually committed the crime? Yeah. But you know he's going to commit the crime. you know they're going to. You can't really arrest them for it. They haven't done it. Yeah. You know they're going to. Yeah. But, yeah, what the fuck is up with that? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a great concept to, to, to sort of explore. Yeah. And with, even with the fact that, um, you know, fate, mm. the concept of fate, which mm. is huge in sci-fi, uh, are, we, are we fated to do this? Are mm. we fated to do the other thing? Do we have a choice? Do we not have a choice? Is mm-hmm. God real? Even all those sort of like super abstract concepts are explored in tiny, tiny, tiny little ways yeah. in movies like Minority Report and Interstellar. And it's fucking amazing. It is. The uh, Let's see what we have next. The next one I went to go see at the movie theaters a couple years ago called Gravity. Gravity. I did not see it. I didn't care for Gravity. Gravity was good because of the visual effects. Yeah. The, the story itself, the plot itself, don't care. But as far as visually, I've seen this in IMAX 3D. That shit was gold. Really? Visually. Yeah. Like, that's the only, I'm going to repeat visually over and over again, because don't come back to me about the plot of Gravity, because there wasn't one. Didn't care about Sandra <laughs> Just Bullock. Just astronaut gets flicked into space. Yeah. Didn't care about Sandra Bullock. Didn't care about George Clooney. Didn't care about any of those characters. But, I, and I, I wish I would have researched who the director was, but the way that this thing looks, it, um, did, you, did you see Avatar in the movie theater? 3D? yeah. yeah. 3D? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the feeling that I got. That was Avatar was the best movie experience that I ever had. The 3D version of it, seeing seeing Gravity brought back that feeling of wow. This oh, is why I go to the movie theater. Right. You know. And and I think that I think that that's not that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. The fact that it didn't have a plot. It, for me, it does. Yeah. Because I can't even tell you anything about it. Yeah. I can, just tell you can I? It, you know. Um, it was it was a that was a really well made movie. Mm-hmm. But again, the whole spectacle overshadows the story mm. the movie looked amazing but there wasn't there was nothing there to like make me care about why it looked amazing yeah 
I, I don't know. I just it, didn't care about gravity. I, I mean, it, it looked so good that I didn't care that there wasn't a story. <laughs> like, that's how good it looked, man. I'll go with that. But that's one of those movies that, let's say, you're going to forget about gravity in 10 years? Nope. I think because so. it looks that good. Like I'm like, yeah. I don't, I forgot about what happens already, but yeah. I'll no, rem- well, not you personally. I'm saying like, like community, the film community as a whole, gravity's mm. not going to be that big of a deal 10 years from now. Depending on technology, yeah. you know, because the way that we re-release movies that came out 15 years ago in the movie theaters again, mm-hmm. and we're, we have this trend of IMAX and 3d. So I want to see what we do in 30 years, bringing back like 2001 or bringing back gravity. Cause I mean, when gravity comes on television, I don't watch that shit, no. you know, because it's not IMAX 3d and there's yeah. no story. I can't follow that on TV, you know? So right. it's, it's going to be forgotten in that aspect. But if you brought it back 30 years from now and put it in a, another movie theater, that's why I go to the movie theater. I got something in that movie theater that I couldn't get from my couch. Okay. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's why I, I like it so sense. much. Um, the next one was inception. Inception. Bah, fucking bah. inception horn. <laughs> yeah fucking inception horn what'd you think about inception uh then? here's the thing i love i really 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 loved inception yeah i really 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 did but inception for me marked the point where christopher nolan was getting heavy-handed mm. like that was the last movie before i thought all right take it fucking easy man mm. uh that who directed Ch- charter island wasn't nolan right mm, i don't believe no. so no okay i don't no. think so uh because i watched inception and I mean, the movie was so good. The visuals were fantastic. Yeah. The concept was fantastic. I mean, you were dealing with reality and like, what is real? What is what isn't? Am I a real person? Mm-hmm. Is this is this what are my ideas? My own ideas, or, or have they been sort of infiltrated by someone else yeah. in my head? That sort of concept for me was fascinating. Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese directed Shutter Island. Yes. No wonder I fucking love that. <laughs> yeah. Movie's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But Inception has one of those movies for me that explores a lot of like really heavy themes, but it does it really, really subtly. Mm-hmm. And you get a really, really, really good story yeah. supporting those concepts. Yep. So that for me is a good movie. Yeah. Whereas Interstellar for me was an okay movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Then I that's the that. difference. That Inception that. had, you know, had a concept, had a thing to say mm-hmm. behind the flashiness. Yep. And uh, the, the lady that played the wife, I don't know her name. Isn't that, Mag- isn't that Maggie, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's Maggie, sister? Uh, Gyllenhaal? Yeah, isn't that her sister? It may have sister? been her in there. I think so. I think it was Maggie. Um, she did a great job of portraying a fucking crazy wife. Yeah. She was mentally unstable. Yep. And you can tell that Leonardo DiCaprio's character was actually hurting because of this. Yeah. And like his whole unbalance and sort of unhinging comes from this moment with his wife where she, you know, this issue with his wife. Mm. And that's what the whole movie is based on. And that makes me care about the character. Because that's something that we as people can constantly relate to. Yeah. And I think that's why Inception succeeded over, let's say, Interstellar. Yeah. Yeah. Inception and also, was amazing. going into people's dreams is fucking cool. It was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, it was. Uh, next one, at number 10, we had Snowpiercer. Snow, ah, Snowpiercer. You yeah. know what? Fuck what I said at the beginning. That's of what I'm saying. There's so much sci-fi. It's just, it's just movies that I just forget are sci-fi. Yeah, Snowpiercer, 2014. Chris Evans. I'm not gonna do the rundown because we no. we did a whole rundown about Snowpiercer. So really if, good. If you still haven't seen it, go see that. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking I want to do a mini episode of Snowpiercer because there's a mm. lot of things to say with cinematography of that movie. It's All right. Oh yeah. Uh, number eight, District Nine. I haven't seen it. I know it's really good. District Nine is really good. It's um, it's not one that I go back and watch over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. But it shows what you can do with a small budget and still like have the the aliens and you know it was a, it was a super small budget, but this thing looked nice. You man. know why that movie happened, right? No. Uh, District Nine, the mm-hmm. production story. It started off as a Halo movie, the video game. Oh, nice. It was gonna be a Halo movie, mm-hmm. 
but then Microsoft backed off on the project. Oh. And the studio was left uh, with an unfinished project, so they took the script, they stripped all the Halo, and made it into that script. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, tur- it turned out lovely. It, it turned out better than I think what a, a Halo movie would have turned out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I believe so. Uh, number seven, this is one of my favorite sci-fi movies, and I doubt many people have seen it. It's I, named Primer. I've heard so much about it. Still haven't seen it. Man, two th- it came out in 2004. They made this thing for $7,000. Made a shitload of money. Yep. Direct- <laughs> director Shane Carruth. Um, what happens is um, two guys, they accidentally create a time machine in their room or in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it sounds pretty silly I love right that there. concept it's yeah. like accidentally create a time machine yeah they, they accidentally create a time machine and um, the hijinks ensue but um, it's one of my favorite you know sci-fi that's pretty good it, it's also like a really good um, how do you say it showcase of what you can do mm-hmm. with like a low budget a lot of imagination and, and little like, money yeah. <laughs> yeah it's insane the more imagination you have the less money you need that's real the um the next one is my personal favorite. I put this above two thousand and one, above everything else. But like I say personally, it's a movie called Moon. Moon. I haven't seen it. Two thousand and nine. Yeah. Sam Rockwell. Sam Sam Rockwell. His name's been popping up a lot for me recently. Sam, he's been in everything you've ever seen yeah. ever. <laughs> Sam Rockwell was in a lot of stuff. He's he's highly regarded. One of the better actors in Hollywood. Huh. For, I mean, he's he's really really good. But Moon is um all right. So they so they send a uh, they send a guy alone to moon mm-hmm. to the moon you know right. and uh, he's basically just supposed to be looking after the machinery all the computers and everything just supposed to look after it you know and uh, what really happens is Sam Rockwell's character was just cloned so Sam Rockwell is still on Earth they cloned thousands of versions of him but the life expectancy is only six months to a year right you know so their purpose is literally to be sent on the moon watch a machinery and die on the yeah moon. yeah but the uh the clone themselves they don't they think that they're sam rockwell yeah, the original course. person you know so they they uh he, he wakes up when they when they bring him out of stasis you know they all have them all stored beneath the ship so mm-hmm. then whenever one dies they bring one up and they have the computer wake him up and then they um they try to jog the memory of sam rockwell's past yeah like what what's the last thing you remember i remember having a crash and this and this and this and then i woke up here and she was like, all right. And then, feel, and then she fills in all the gap of what happened. You know, right. what she's saying is what happened, you know. So then his character, it just fixes the ship and, you know, for the next six months. But then eventually he goes out and he sees a version of himself like half dead, you know, on inside of a truck. It's like, what the fuck is this about? <laughs> you know? So he goes around uh, discovering, like uh, searching on the uh, the ship and sees there's lots of versions of him. Huh. But but the um, but he only, like I said, he only has so much time. So eventually his body begins to deteriorate. Yeah. And he brings another one up and that tells him that the, no, the, the younger version, like the, the new one thinks that he is a clone, like mm. the older version is a clone. Right. You know? So, I mean, it, it keeps going over and over and over. So eventually the clone, the older, this clone gets to go back to earth right he dies on the way there you know uh, uh, presumably you know but it's it just the, the reason it's my favorite is the thought of because, because sam rockwell in this entire movie he's trying to contact his wife trying to contact his child but in reality his wife and child are back on earth with the real the real, sam rockwell. the real sam rockwell so is that something that you feel like you can do to yourself like he produced thousands of copies of himself and put them in hell yeah but here's the thing they're not you but they are yeah, no, they have your they don't have your they have your consciousness up into that point to where you split yeah yeah well and and that's and that's an interesting thought of sci-fi mm-hmm. because uh i don't think that's sam rockwell anymore okay 
that's another person. It is, but that person thinks thinks they're you. Yeah. For 100%, they think they're you. For the Sam Rockwell on Earth, Mm -hmm. he doesn't give a shit because he's not dumb. That's what I'm saying. But but but, it's it's so hard because, I mean, it's like (laughs) they're still a human being, but their life expectancy is just so short. So, I mean, that person is more you than a child would be. You know, the, your child will be like 50% of you. Yeah. And this clone of you is you. It's experienced everything you've had from birth all the way to the parting of the clone. Yeah. And you're putting that in, in, so hell. in, in through hell. Yeah. No, you know? I get it. I get it. It's, it's a difficult like, oh. It's a difficult thing to swallow. It's a yeah. different thing to process. Yeah. It's a different thing to, like, imagine if you're a clone mm-hmm. and then suddenly you go and there's more of you. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, what? the fuck is this shit yeah you, you're gonna you're, you're gonna experience a lot of it it's a lot of ex- existentialism mm-hmm. um but i don't think and here's why i love sci-fi mm-hmm. because i don't think that the real sam rockwell has to give a shit no he doesn't have to give a shit yeah. but i mean it just it makes you question that as a viewer like for myself i had to think is that something that i could do to myself not even it's not even me but it is yeah. you know what I'm saying is that something that i could do and i, I would just like to have a conversation with myself like I, mean, I would, I would like to clone me, mm-hmm. and then have a conversation with the clone of me. I doubt you get any new answers. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know? I doubt you learn anything new. <laughs> like that. You know? but, All right, but, that one got me. Yeah, good moon, job. Moon, two thousand and nine. Sam Rockwell, really good. Um, another one of my recent favorites mm. is a movie called. Did you see her? Yeah, hell yeah, I saw her. Joaquin Phoenix and uh, it was a really good movie. Samantha uh, not Scarlett Johansson, Scarlett Johansson, my future yeah. wife. Hell yeah, Scarlett. Mm. Yes, I love Scarlett. She she was a voice in that, and it it was so good. Just how technology not only do humans evolve, technology evolves itself. Did you go into the movie expecting a shitty movie? No, really, because I didn't know anything about her. I didn't know who directed it. Mm. I didn't know who did it uh, when I watched it. Yeah, uh, I walked into her expecting. A shitty love story. Oh, yeah. And that's not what I got. I got Mm-mm. the complete 180 on that one. Yeah. It was so goddamn deliciously good. Yes. That's that's one of my favorites. I mean, that, and that's 2013. That's really, really, really that's good. That's really recent. And, and also, I, I like the fact that this movie explored the relationship between technology and people. Yes. And, and like, to some degree, because normally that would create a lot of conflict. If, if right now on Earth, 10 years from now, mm. computers became, uh, you know, sentient. In the mm. same way that Samantha was in the movie. Yep. Uh, and then I fell in love with my computer. Mm. I would be outcasted for like fucking ever. I mean, we can even handle gay people. Yeah. Uh, imagine if, if some somehow computers were the ones that we were dating. I mean, you'd be outcast for a good 50 years. Yeah, it's you know, insane. Until it became normal. Waiting for the fucking DMV line at the right station. Yeah, yeah, it'd be bad. Uh, but in the, in the movie, they sort of present it in a way that's like, Oh, okay, there's a dude dating his computer, whatever. Yeah. And, and and I like that. I like the fact that that can happen between people and technology because technology is so integral in their lives mm-hmm. that it doesn't seem like a huge jump yeah. to be able to date your computer. I mean, the um, the way I, like, I, I liked how it was presented, too, because our brain is basically just an operating operating system. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they created an OS and they, they put as much information in it as possible and then allowed it to learn itself. Yeah. You know, so eventually Samantha was going on to uh, to speak with like people like Einstein and, you know, different OSs that they put into the system. And they became as one and they evolved. You yeah, know, no. they, they evolved. definitely became a thing that we can't even comprehend at the yeah. end of the movie. Yeah. And, and, and like that movie was heartbreaking for me because mm. uh, at the end she goes like, listen, I'm sorry, I'm just not for you. 
Yeah, it was when he found out that um, that she was dating or whatever, speaking to more than just him. Yeah, you know, because he couldn't grasp that as a human being and being one. You know, you're used to that one on one. But she's not a human being. She doesn't have a body. She doesn't have a mouth or her eyes. She so, can do a, as much as her computing allows her to. Exactly. So she can have a million conversations with a million different people all at once and care about them all equally. Yeah. You know, and that just didn't compute for him in his in his brain as a human because we're not able to do it. So it doesn't make sense, right? You know, to him. Yeah, I, I, it was a beautiful movie, man. Yeah, I that was genuinely one of the uh, Joaquin Phoenix. I I knew he was an actor, mm -hmm. but I didn't pay attention to him. Yeah. After I saw her, I paid attention to Joaquin Phoenix. He's really good. It was really, really fucking good. And the last one I had was Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. I know you've talked to me about this. It's a sci-fi romance thing. Yeah, yeah, right. sci-fi romance. It was my favorite for years. Um, with uh, Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. Um, basically, um, a guy has a machine that can basically brainwash you, just okay. take away information that you had. So, uh, Kate Winslet, she's in a relationship and it really sucked, you know, to her. So she went and had her brain erased everything of their relationship completely taken out of her brain. So she doesn't know what he looks like. She doesn't know his name. She doesn't remember any of the experiences that they, they had never while they were met. together. Never met. None of it happened, you know? So um, he approaches her in the street. She doesn't know who he is, you know. Mm -hmm. So Jim Carrey can't live with that, you know, that all of that stuff is just gone to her. So he decides to do the exact same thing, right. you know, to have <laughs> his brain, you know, erased of her memory. They fall in love again. No, no, no. No, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he comes to terms. He, um, he eventually falls in love with a girl named Clementine. Ah, yeah. Clementine. That's and, a cute uh, name. Yeah. But, um... It's, it's, it's really good I mean they go through the brain basically alright so while they're erasing his memory mm -hmm. Jim Carrey is still in his own thoughts so he's walking around in each memory as they're taking it away okay. so he's experiencing um, a memory with Clementine on the beach but then you know how memories kind of blur together yeah. you know so now he's on the beach and it's snowing on the beach and now he's somewhere else you know it's just they're just erasing memory after memory after memory while he's still there experiencing them all I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure that can be that's a pretty surreal real imagery oh it was movie, it was right? yeah because I mean, they even had like going back to him being a two-year-old and looking at himself through those eyes like being in the kitchen and stuff Damn. i mean it's, it's it's dope i'm into it yeah but yeah that's that's what i had for sci-fi that was a lot of good sci-fi movies in there hell yeah and tv and oh TV. do you watch futurama yeah futurama sci-fi <laughs> that's fucking right hell yeah i love futurama futurama yeah. is really funny yeah i i that's just i don't know there's an inherent pleasure in exploring the things that we cannot explore normally through fiction. Mm. And that's whether, you know, falling in love with a computer, mm. meeting yourself in the past, cloning mm. yourself and yeah. sending them to the moon. All of those things deal with one unique thing. Mm. And usually it's, for me, it's like, what am I? That, that's really the question of sci-fi. Yeah. What am I? Mm. Why can what? I do this? And how am I able to exist in this world? Mm. Knowing the fact that the greatest thing that can happen is has a direct negative and it's also the worst possible thing that can happen mm. and that's a that's a lot of like kind of it's a lot of binary thought process and a lot of sci-fi mm. that starts out as binary and then ends up as you know not a little bit grayer mm. it, it's sort of all the concepts in sci-fi for me start out black and white it's like mm. well you can't erase your own memories and then by the end you're like well maybe you would i don't know yeah. does that make sense is that like do I fuck if I hate one part of my life? Why can't I just like not get rid of it? Yeah, and and then, and then that deals with like, all right, well, are your experiences what make you you? Like, mm -hmm. if you get rid, if you get rid of all of those memories, are you getting rid of part of you, like an intrinsic part of you? Mm -hmm. 
And then we got the moon guys. Like, all right, well, if, he, if I'm a clone and they're all clones, mm. are we really a person? Are we really alive? Mm-hmm. Uh, what the hell are we? Yeah. Uh, if you're time traveling, Bruce Willis going himself, John Bruce Willis, like, all right, well, what the fuck am I? Why am I that guy? Yeah. All, it's all sort of existentialist undertones presented in super different ways. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love sci-fi for doing it. Yes. And my favorite um, aspect of it comes in Doctor Who. Because uh, Doctor Who is a, is a really tricky show in terms of identity. Because there's been 10 Doctors. Uh, no, there's been 12 Doctors. Mm. Which means that 12 people have played the part of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And the reason that started was because the original actor was old and was sick. Mm. And they wanted to continue the show going. Yeah. So they give this alien time lord which means that he can travel through time and space he gave him the ability to regenerate yeah and essentially it's putting a new face and a new body and a new personality on the same you know body okay so like it's the same organism mm-hmm. same dna mm-hmm. just a new face new body and a new personality yeah and that created an interesting and same memories and do they same have like a is it like a face-off machine like the way they <laughs> no, do this, no, no. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. It's it's intrinsic in the in the organism of the of yeah. the time lords, yeah. and it's it's fucking sad as shit every time it happens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it'd be really dope if it was a face off. Hell yeah, face off machine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and Doctor Who has dealt with that ever since it started. Mm. But in the in the last couple of years, Doctor Who every time they start re- a regeneration episode, where one actor decides to leave the show, mm. um, they usually have a a big regeneration is like dying. Yeah. So the previous version of the Doctor is dead. He yeah. no longer exists. Yeah. But the new version of the Doctor is now, is essentially, he's been reborn. Mm. But he still carries the memories from the old Doctor. He remembers when he was the old Doctor. Yeah. And he remembers when he acted like that guy and mm-hmm. thought like that guy. Mm-hmm. And they don't like each other sometimes. Yeah. They genuinely don't like each other or they like each other or they become friends or they become like, well, what the fuck are you doing here? Mm. You know, they have this sort of weird relationship with identity because yeah. it's the same person. Yeah. But it's changed so much over time that sometimes you're wondering, well, like, is that what identity is? Like, do you feel like, like, I'm not the same person I was five years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's, and Doctor Who is just doing that literally. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a really interesting concept to explain in Doctor Who. Yeah. And there's one episode uh, in the latest season, I think season nine, where the Doctor has, the 11th Doctor met a woman named Clara. They became really, really good friends throughout the season. And then uh, the 12th Doctor, when he came in and the 11th Doctor died, mm. uh, she couldn't accept that he was the same person. Yeah. And he had an, in the first episode, they went through an adventure together after he regenerated. And at the end, she was kind of going to reject him because he wasn't the one that she was hanging out with. Mm. And they were like, listen, I just want you to see me. Yeah. And first of all, I cried like a bitch at the end of that episode. <sighs> yeah. uh, but it, it's that episode is a hu- it's a great showcase of what the show was exploring about identity and mm. being a person and like what defines you as a person. Mm. It's not the way you look like, or it's not the way that that you think. It's the way that you you really act and you act around those you know that are around you. Yeah. And sci-fi, and it's it's an existentialist question too. Like, what is identity? Mm-hmm. What am I allowed to be? Well, how am I allowed to change? Yeah. If I replace 75% of my body with metal parts, am I still human? The, I mean, or she, am I still treated equally if I'm not? Exactly. <laughs> you know? So all of those questions arise really, really easily in sci-fi mm-hmm. because you're allowed to take one aspect of being a person and blow it way out of proportion yeah. and then contrast it to other real-life situations through, like, imagery. And, and an analogy. Mm-hmm. And that was that's what makes sci-fi such a beautiful 
you know, all-encompassing genre for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why it expresses the whole power of film. Mm-hmm. Uh, because film is supposed to do that. Good film is supposed to make you think about what you've just seen. Mm-hmm. And sci-fi almost always exclusively makes you think about what you've just seen, mm-hmm. if it's done absolutely right. Yeah. And that's why I love it. That's I- my... Yeah, I love, I, love, I love the aspect of making me think about something, definitely, yeah. you know. And that's why I walked out of the damn movie Mars, and I was like, what the fuck was this? This is a sci-fi movie. Yeah. The Martian, yeah, The Martian. I was like, this is a sci-fi movie? Why am I supposed to like this? I'm not thinking about nothing. I mean, it looks cool, yeah. but there's nothing to think about. No new ideas were, were introduced, and I was bored, quite frankly. Yeah, no, no. I, I get your feeling about The Martian. The mm. more that I think about it, the more I kind of agree with you. I'm, you know, like what, um, what new thoughts were presented? There really wasn't. But I think that it's a fault of the movie and mm. not a fault of the story. Mm. Because the book does that. The book is like a sci-fi exploring, you know, the loneliness of man. Yeah. Uh, and like, what if man were the only person in a huge planet? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does he become? He didn't you become know, anything. What damage, what damage does he do or whatever? Uh, that kind of thing. Not in the movie, mm-hmm. but in the book, there's a lot more complex character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and a lot more complex emotions yeah, into it. I'm sure. Uh, but the movie didn't do a great job at explaining that, and I agree with that. Yeah. And I, it's totally, it's a good, it's an okay movie for me. It was like an action comedy yeah. of some sort. I was like, all right. It was like my interstellar of, of like Ridley Scott movies. All right, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Fuck it. Ah, Ridley Scott. Uh, Alien, uh, Alien and Aliens, I think we can do a whole episode just on those two movies. Probably good. Because they're so good. Um. Anything else after that, I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, I think I covered everything I wanted in sci-fi. Uh, yeah, I went down like a whole top 25 list. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so what's your f- current favorite sci-fi movie? Uh, current favorite, um, one that I will watch over and over and over, I'm going to say Moon. Moon? Yeah, cool. I'm going to say Moon. Uh, I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with the Space Odyssey. Mm. And uh, I know those movies were great. Yeah. But Space Odyssey for me is kind of like the holy shit. This is sci-fi. Space Space Odyssey is the holy grail. Yeah, it's, it's the holy really grail. Good. Like I, I recognize Space Odyssey as the best sci-fi. But it's but not your favorite. It's not my favorite. Yeah, you know. But yeah, if I'm talking about the best, it's uh, 2001. 2001. Yeah. Here's the here's the thing. Uh, the reason why we intentionally skipped over 2001 is mm. because we're gonna have a friend of ours that's a Kubrick fucking freak, mm. and we're gonna talk about Kubrick movies. And 2001 is one of those movies. Yep. So if you wanted to hear about 2001, you're gonna get to do that. Mm. We're just not gonna do it today. Yep. And I think that's about it. I'm cool with this. I think this is a lot. But if I do this, then you can't hear me. Nope. But if I do this, you can hear me. Yep. I think that's a much better thing that we had going on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? All right. It's the sweet one. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Pepper commercial. Yeah. All right, we're back uh, with Tevi, t- Tevi, Tevi, TV and movie mm. premieres. Yes, yeah. let's uh, do it. <laughs> TV premieres. Are <laughs> right, we gonna start with Friday, April the eighth? There's a show on Adult Swim called the Adult Swim Golf Classic. The Adult huh. Swim Golf Classic is gonna be starring uh, Adam Scott. Right, 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 right. I remember that. Yeah. Where, uh, where, where's that going out? Uh, it's gonna be on Adult Swim, uh, Friday, April the third at eleven thirty p.m. Nice. Yeah. So fucking love adam scott yeah if you guys are if you guys are familiar with him he was on parks and recreation and another show called party down and hot tub time machine too oh yeah he was in two i didn't see two two. he was the guy wearing the skirt i didn't see that one it was a surprisingly good movie wow yeah okay hell yeah uh next we have the same day friday april the 8th hannibal takes edinburgh 
Yeah, so it's not like a stand-up comedy. It's, uh, it's listed as a documentary slash comedy. Okay. So I'm guessing he's just going to be going around an area and making observational jokes. Okay, probably. Yeah. So, uh, where, is that, that, where is that being released? Uh, Netflix. Okay, cool. Yeah, that'll be on Netflix uh, Friday, April the 8th. So you can check that out. Hannibal, he's a pretty hot comedian right now. You know, so With the whole Huxtable thing going on? Well, yeah, that's kind of... <laughs> that, it died down over the past year. So I'm glad that he's really like not saying Bill Cosby anymore and standing on his own feet. Yeah, you know? he even made a couple jokes out of that in his last time. Though. He had to, yeah. How about that, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the next is uh, Saturday, April the 9th. Uh, it's going to be Conan in Korea. So uh, Conan O'Brien... Conan O'Brien is going to be uh, doing his uh, his late night show on TBS, and is going to be doing it in Korea. Well, South Korea, I presume. I would assume. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd assume it'll be in South Korea, but um, that'll be at 11 p.m. That Conan used to be my favorite late night host for the yeah. longest. I loved Conan. He but got fucked over by the network a bunch of times. Hardcore. Yeah. Like, Jay, I mean, what, what are you going to do, though? I mean, like, when your grandparents and all the older generation loves Jay Leno and did not want to let him go. They didn't want to let Jay Leno go. And no. Jay Leno said that he was going to leave. He said he was going to retire. And then he was like, ah, no, I think I'll stay another few years. I'm like, so, so, uh, Conan. Like yeah, and Conan was like, no, fuck that. You fucked me over once. You fucked me over twice. And uh, then the third time he was like, you know what, I'm out of here. So, um, he had to sign a, a non-compete. Uh, agreement yeah. so for a year he was just out growing a, a big man beard yeah he was and, out of work yeah he was just out of work well I mean he was gonna get work again but he mm -hmm. just was the non-compete wasn't allowing him to do anything yeah. you know so he was he up air until Jay Leno left uh, he was off air for I mean even after Jay Leno left uh, Jimmy Fallon just took over right after that right. and they brought in uh, I don't even know who's after Jimmy Fallon. Uh, now. James, uh, no, Jimmy Fallon's still in there. No, Jimmy Fallon's on the Late Show, but I mean, the who's on the Late Late Show? Oh, Late Late Show. That's uh, no, James Gordon is in the Tonight it's, Show. It's uh, Seth. Um, Seth Myers. Seth Myers. Seth Myers. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's like doing him. that now. Don't like him too much. No, nah, well, I, I haven't really watched it, so I don't know. Yeah. But um, but yeah, Conan, he uh, he took his hiatus for that full year, where um, and then he came back to TBS, and they they relaunched on TBS with um George Lopez. Um, going first, see George Lopez had his own night show, and yeah. they canceled the shit out of that. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. wow. But um, yeah, George Lopez. Yeah, he had, <laughs> he, yeah, but he has a show coming back. Right, that's right. We talked about it a couple yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Conan's my favorite. One of my, fa I think uh, Craig Ferguson mm. was my favorite. Like, can I shake your hand? Can I shake yeah, your fucking absolutely. hand? You're the only person ever <laughs> that I've heard say that. <laughs> Seriously, the fuck, really? Yeah, I Jake, love Craig, Craig Ferguson. Ferguson was man. amazing. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was he was sort of the the moral lawbreaker of the show. Man, it's like all right. So so after after Conan, the whole Conan thing died down for me. Mm -hmm. The um the person that my go to was David Letterman. David, David, Letterman. David Letterman was my number one like old crotchety like <laughs> guy. Television like, host. Yeah, I love you, David you were, Letterman. You kind of tuned in just like to see if like he would die on the episode. No man, <laughs> <laughs> no. Like I, I just I genuinely found him funny, and I and I would um I would tune in to see which new tie he was wearing, and then Paul Schaefer, Dave's tie, Dave's tie, just singing about the damn tie <laughs> like for nothing. That's how you know you made it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just singing about your new tie every day. But I felt like Craig Ferguson was a um the younger version of David Letterman, yeah. and he was gonna turn into that, and they got rid of his. They got rid of him, but now he he's got a show. He's mm -hmm. debating uh, politics with a bunch yep. of people. Yep. And but Craig Ferguson was the sort of the late night talk show rebel. Yeah. And he was a he was. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming he was a lot of trouble for the network because he didn't play by the rules no. all the time. They told him to get a sidekick, and he got a robot. He got <laughs> a fucking robot skeleton. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> 
it's like, what the fuck is the point of the sidekick anyway? <laughs> like, really? Uh, he made it work, man. He made the yes. weirdness and he made the, you know, the, the raunchiness of mm-hmm. late night talk show. He fucking gave it life. And I'm, I was super sad to see him gone because he was my fucking favorite. Let's, I mean, let's rally around this guy. I mean, yeah. bring, bring him back to the forefront of television. I mean, that's one of the personalities I really, really miss. Do that hashtag, what the fuck, Craig. Yes. <laughs> hashtag, what the fuck, Craig, to the For Film's Sake podcast. We'll get that shit going. Start a fucking movement. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right, what's on? The next thing is uh, Sunday, April the 10th. It's uh, Fear the Walking Dead. Nice. That's coming back. It's on AMC at 9 p.m. I didn't watch the first season. I haven't started on the second season that's going to be coming out. But here's the thing. Fear the Walking Dead didn't look great initially, but you got to give shows time. That was like the, the 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 spinoff of the Walking Dead the that prequel. happened in the west in the west coast, right? Well, it's a prequel to it. Okay. So it's uh, everything that happened before the Walking Dead happens. Okay. Cool. You know, but um, imagine the break, Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. You know, we, everybody liked that, I assume. But then Better Call Saul came out three years ago. Yeah. Season one went all the way through. Nobody had nothing to say about it. Nobody said boo. Season two went all the way through. Nobody said nothing. Then season three was about to come on television. And season one and two together were on Netflix. And everybody's like, what the fuck? This is amazing. Right? You know, after you have all that content together like that. So season, we just finished season one of Fear the Walking Dead. And they're going into season two. So I'm like, I'm not just gonna discourage people from watching this because i believe it's gonna be that same thing here's the thing and this brings an interesting discussion about um you know platforms in which content gets released on Mm -hmm. because if if better course saw had been released initially on netflix Mm -hmm. the response would have been immediately this is amazing yep first season because we have sort of network television and we have the you know the the traditional tv Mm -hmm. and cable Mm -hmm. that show People don't like episodic television anymore. Nope. I mean, it's just an inconvenience. It is. To sit down at a specific time to watch an hour of a show that you like. And it, it's just faff. It's a lot of faff. And yep. people don't watch shows because of that. Yeah. So no matter how amazing your show is, you're immediately going to get 60% less viewers than you would if you just release on a platform like Netflix. Yeah. Or if you did it, you know, there's no real way to do it on cable do it the, the way that Netflix does. Mm. But if, if if you're a network, I don't see why you're not embracing these other platforms. They're trying. They're, what, what they're trying to do is, um, like there was a show called Angie Tribeca, mm-hmm. is uh, starring Rashida Jones, and uh, the showrunner and writer was uh, Steve Carell and his wife. Okay. So basically, he wanted to follow that platform, but he wanted to be on network television on TBS. Yeah. So they recorded 13 episodes worth of the show and put it all out at one time. You know, so you can go through on demand and watch episode one through 13 right. whenever you want to. But episode one comes out one week. Episode two comes out another week. Okay. So you so have they the give option. you the choice. Yeah. You that's, can, a good, that's a good compromise between yep. the two. Yeah. Uh, how did that work out for them? Did they have any rate of success? The show wasn't that great. Okay. You know, sense. yeah. So it was a good idea. The show just wasn't the, the greatest vehicle yeah, for it. Yeah. Uh, you, me, and the apocalypse did the same thing. They're okay. canceled, but right. but they they did the same format. They're giving it all to you at once. All it takes is for one of those shows to that succeed. do that to be really, 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 really good, mm-hmm. and and then we have a new platform and cable. Yeah. So I mean, I'm 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 looking forward to that. Yeah. The right. uh, go on. <laughs> all right. That was uh, so that was fear the Walking Dead. Oh, and the thing. Oh, one more thing with the Walking Dead. All right, this is this is what we're talking about with the Netflix and the platforms. So the season finale, which everyone's seen that's watching Walking Dead, is uh, Negan shows up. He's a big bad villain yep. of, of the new season. Played by Jeffrey Morgan, who played John Winchester in Supernatural for about three seasons. Supernatural was awesome, too. Yeah, I love yeah. that show. One of <laughs> oh, my yeah. favorites. 
So um, so uh, at, the, at the end of the episode, Negan is there with a the bat, and he's about to crush someone's skull in per the comics, mm-hmm. you know. So the uh, the last scene, they show him bashing someone over the head, but it's in a first-person view of the person getting bashed in. And so you don't know who got killed. You don't know who got killed. Yeah. So you have to wait a full seven months from now to be able to find out who got killed. Yeah. Now, it's agitating to me. But 20 years from now, when The Walking Dead is all the way done and not thought about <laughs> no again. Gonna give a shit. Exactly, because when you're watching on Netflix, you're going to see that scene, and then two seconds later, you can see the next scene. Exactly. You know, so for me, seven months, for you, two seconds. I think I think that the problem with uh, with shows like The Walking Dead that rely so heavily on cliffhangers, because mm. that's kind of like their thing. Is like, it oh, is now. Find out who gets killed yeah. next time on The Walking Dead. That should, the problem with that is that... Um, it's payoff television. Mm. You know, it's payoff content. Mm. So you're watching content to get to a payoff. Sure. Right? And and that weakens the overall structure of the show, in my mm. opinion. Mm. Because you're no longer working to tell a story. You're working to get a reveal. Yeah. And when you're working to get a reveal, sacrifices of your story fall flat. Mm. And that's that looks like what happened with this final episode of the season six, based on what I'm seeing on, on social media. Possibly. What I'm seeing reviewers say because they advertised so much out of Negan. Yep. Walking into the season six episode. Mm-hmm. But if they had advertised him for season seven mm. and he walked in in season six, people would have shit their minds. They're like, what the fuck is Negan doing in season six? Yeah. He was supposed to be in season seven. Yeah. That would have been an amazing reveal. Yep. And it would have made the cliffhanger worth it. Yeah. But because you hyped the shit out of Negan, mm-hmm. you were paying off to a reveal, your structure of the episode fell flat because it, it was all about getting your characters to the point where they meet Negan mm-hmm. and not about having a good story while they're getting to Negan. Yeah. And that's why I think The Walking Dead is not the show for me. I mean, quite possibly. Yeah. I mean, it's just you would have to already be invested in the five characters remaining that they right. haven't killed that have been there from the beginning. Yeah. You know, because everyone else, like nobody cares if you kill the character that just got introduced last season. Yeah, they care about the ones that have been since the first season. Exactly. You know, so, and those are the characters you know won't die. Yeah. But those, one of those characters was supposed to die. That character died in the comic book. That character was supposed to die on that episode. Well, one of those characters died in that scene with uh, with Negan. It was Glenn in the comic book. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. You just didn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I'm the asshole. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because, just because they have, they're, they're, there's, they're going away from the comic a little bit, yeah. you know. It could be any other character in the show. And that's what but I'm in, pissed off about, too. Because yeah. now it's like you have a chance to have seven months for people to be pissed off and not want Glenn to die. And now you can just decide that that's not Glenn. It was Abraham. Yeah. Or now it was this person. It's like, fuck that. Fuck off. Make a choice. Stick with it. I, I will give him props for um, the editing on that scene. Mm. I saw the scene. Yeah. I didn't saw the episode, but I saw the scene. Mm. They They... They make it impossible for you to track your god. What the fuck damn was that? What was that? It was the computer this time, not the phone. Was that my computer? No, it was my. Time. Oh, it was your computer. That's what it was. <laughs> it was your fucking computer. Be fucking unprofessional. Text messages going off, dinging on willy nilly. Like what the fuck is this? God damn it. When I think shit? YouTube, this was the issue. My computer would always talk to me. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, oh. But what I was saying, I watched the scene, and what yeah. they did in the edit of this um, that episode yeah. is that he started off doing the eeny, miny, mo thing, yeah. whatever, yeah. to shoot someone, and it started in sync with his bat, mm. and there were seven people, so mm. you could potentially keep track of where he was pointing yeah. the seven people but then they took it out of sync yep so every time he pointed to someone that wasn't the person on the screen mm-hmm. and then you were like all right well, fuck i don't know who this is yeah yeah and i, I will give him props for doing that they much. did that very good they did anyway next um is a show called house of lies house of lies yeah um, it's, of it's lies. a comedy on showtime 
uh, starring Don Cheadle, Kristen Bell, and Ben Schwartz. Kristen Bell? No, not Christian Bell. Kristen Bell. Oh, okay. What the <laughs> fuck? I was like, what the fuck is Batman doing in yeah, comedy? Yeah. Christ, <laughs> Kristen Bell. And uh, Kristen Bell, I believe she's the one that's married to another guy. I don't know his name. I don't know, but anyway, know. but uh, House of House of Lies is a comedy, 9 p.m. on Showtime. Um, it's good. I've seen the first really? season. I've seen the first season. It's good. But it's like, like I was saying a few weeks ago, there's a lot of good shows and I can't watch everything yeah, so you gotta like make your choices yeah like it's a show i recognize as good it's a very respectable show and if you're if you've already been watching it here it comes it's coming back so season two season like four or something oh, okay. season five? Damn, it's yeah. been on for a while it's, it's been on for a little while uh the next one <laughs> i saw you i saw you, you were running this list in class yeah and i saw you laugh at the computer while you were running it down yes I, i'm guessing this is the same one this was coming up yeah monday april the 11th Gay for Play game show starring RuPaul, 10 p.m. You think I'm going to watch that? Yeah. You're damn right I am. <laughs> damn right I am. And it's, this is the thing. It's not even to like to watch it and be like, oh, look how gay that is. Look yeah. how stupid it is to make fun of it. I'm genuinely, because I think we've established the trend that a lot of the things that are supposedly in gay culture, I dig that shit, man. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I just you do. do. You know, so yeah, I... You know, I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. Mm. So do I. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I will be watching the gay for play. I mean, unless it's just like overly just sexual like that. Yeah. I mean, I, but, but if it's funny, you know, which I think is going to be... What's I'm the premise? Of, what's the premise of gay for play? I have no idea. You have no idea. You no just got to tune in. I got, a ti- I got a title and a host and a Tom. And then that's all the information I needed. That's all I need. You know, admittedly, that's all RuPaul needs to get a show going. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> the uh, the next one is a uh, show. It's going to be a mini series called Jackie Robinson PBS at nine p.m. Jackie Robinson. That's Jackie Robinson was the um, the first black player in uh, Major League Baseball. Right. In the United right. States. Right. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I thought that was a movie called. It was Jackie Brown. That's what. I was oh yeah, um, yeah, the uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, Ra- Jackie Robinson, uh, baseball player. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that was uh, he was one of my idols growing up because I mean, I, I, I don't know, it was just always tough. Uh, being a black guy in society and how Jackie Robinson had to deal with that. You know? Right. So uh, that's a miniseries, PBS, 9 p.m., uh, Monday, April the 11th. And the last for television, April the 12th, that Tuesday, The Mindy Project is coming back to Hulu. Huh. What is The Mindy Project? Mindy Project is, um, did you ever watch The Office? Yeah. There was an um, a Indian girl, like actual India Indian. Oh, that's her? Yep. Damn. Mindy, Mindy Cowling. Yeah, she, she, um, she was awesome. Yeah. She, she was a- for the last the last four seasons, she became the head writer for the office. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Damn. So she uh, she took she took her experience from there, created a show called The Mindy Project. It was on FX, well not FX, on uh, Fox for the first two or three seasons. Mm-hmm. They got rid of it from there, and then Hulu picked it back up. Oh, okay, that's yeah. good. I like when I like when uh, people recognize that shit. Hell yeah! Uh, that's it for television. Um, for movies, the movies coming out this this week are uh, Everybody Wants Some. It's um it's directed by Richard Linklater. Okay. His first movie he wrote was It's Impossible to Learn to Plow by Reading Books. It's Impossible <laughs> to Learn to Plow by Reading Books. 1988. That was uh, like Richard, I don't know you. Richard Linklater. I, yeah. I like you. Yes. I like you, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the first thing cuz like I seen a commercial for it and it's a, a 80s movie. It looks very campy, cheesy and corny and I was like you have to have the right type of sense of humor to not be bad when yeah. doing those kind of campy movies. And then I try to look through the movies he's done before, and I've seen It's, it's Impossible to Learn to Plow by Reading Books. I'm like, okay, no, he gets it. <laughs> he gets it. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Yep. Good on you, Richard. <laughs> yeah. Good so job. That, uh, that comes out this weekend. I want to see that. 
Uh, the other one is called Hardcore Henry. Hardcore fucking Henry. Yeah. Have you seen those commercials? Um, yeah, they're bananas. Yeah. They're insane. They recently released uh, my preferred production company in Texas. It's called Rooster Teeth, and they're mm. like an internet company, and they make uh, YouTube content. Okay. And they're, they're fucking great. Yeah. And they partnered up with the production for Hardcore Henry to mm. make a PSA about texting in cinema. Oh, wow. you're in the in the movie theater. Yeah. And it's essentially the guy, the first person camera, the guy, the crazy coked up guy from the commercial. Yeah. And then going into a movie theater and like smashing a dude in a plate oh, full of cookies. Oh, nice. For texting. Texting, yeah. <laughs> so nice. that movie, apart from having a really good marketing campaign, knows what kind of movie it is. Yeah. And I'm into it. I I wasn't when I I seen the uh, the trailer for it uh, a little a little while back and I thought I was gonna see it because I thought it was a remake of um what's the movie with Jason Statham Jason uh, Crank. Th- Crank I thought it was yeah. just like a Crank like redo but I'm gonna go check this out yeah no I think so too I I, I like I like it because of the technicality mm. that's involved in it too okay I I know there's gonna be a funny movie mm. I know it's gonna be a gory movie yeah. But I know it's going to be a movie that's going to be admired because of the way it was done. Mm. Because it's it's proper first person. Mm. And I want to see how that translates into cinema. Yeah. Because we've never really had that. Yeah. And, and it, it looks like it has some personality to it, too. Yeah, that's you the know? thing. Like, it's like a stylized, it's not a generic first person yeah. uh-huh. point of view. It, it looks very, very um, self-aware. Yeah. And at one point in the trailer, they even say, oh, they fucked up your vocal uh, systems, didn't they? Yeah. So that immediately you get an explanation as to why he can talk. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, he's a silent protagonist, first person. I'm not supposed to be the audience. I'm supposed to be the guy. Yeah. And then you're set. Yeah. And it's I a, think that's why that movie's going to be good. The um, What they're saying about it's a, a newly resurrected cyborg who must save his wife slash creator from a psychotic tyrant with telekinetic power. You know, so um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that again. A cyborg... <laughs> Who must save his wife slash creator from a psychotic tyrant with telekinetic powers? You know, so it sounds this fucking rolls right <laughs> off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it sounds pretty ridiculous, you know. But I guess it's gonna be like an action sci-fi. Oh, it's sense. complete fucking crack, coked up action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the fact the fact that people have telekinetic powers and he's a cyborg, as I'm like, so we're gonna have a little science fiction with it. Yeah, we're gonna have some science. I, th- yeah. I I predict that there's gonna be a lot of like, well, if I'm a cyborg, am I human still? Kind of aspect to it. Yeah, but it's gonna be presented so interestingly that people are gonna not, you know, take that away from the movie as a sole message. Yeah, yeah. There, there's gonna be. I, I would I would have to expect there's gonna be some type of. Um, love meaning with the, the cyborg and human and yeah. you know so, so it's gonna be great yeah um and the last but not least is a movie called the invitation it's rated r starring luke wilson like i said every week i add one that's not uh d- 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 mm, that doesn't have a wide release yeah yeah this one doesn't have a wide release it's um it might come to charlotte don't know but what it says is, um on a dark night will played by luke wilson is invited to his estranged ex-wife's dinner party he huh. believes evil has taken hold of his ex, and then shit ensues from there. <laughs> you know, so that actually ba- sounds interesting. It, they got ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Batman versus Superman got thirty four. I would. I bet it did. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it did. Yeah. By the way, Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. uh, not a great movie. I didn't see it. I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the critiques, I know, I knew were going to happen based on the trailers. Yeah. But uh, what was it called? The invitation. The invitation. Invitation sounds interesting. Yeah, I like it. And I like I like a lot of stuff from Luke Wilson. So yeah, Luke Wilson's a weird actor for me because I always see him in weird comedies that mm. I don't like. What? You but I, like, did you like Idiocracy? 
Yeah, that was like one. Okay. Right. <laughs> I like the uh, idiocracy. Yeah. But I always see him in the movies that I'm not a huge fan of. Mm. But I always watch the movie because he's in the movie. Yeah. But I never knew if he was just a good actor or if he, I just liked his face. He's a glue guy. He yeah. was like the uh, the guy that I was, uh, the Hispanic guy that's in Punch Drunk Love. Right. I can't think of his name either. You know, but um, it's just a glue guy. The guy that, was, that, that was John Leguizamo. No, 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 not that guy. No, not, no, no, that's Italian. What the fuck am I on about? John Leguizamo is Hispanic. Really? John Leguizamo. Leguizamo is an Italian ass name. John Leguizamo. Yeah. If he's not Hispanic, then I'm not black. Let's let's find <laughs> out. <laughs> John Leguizamo. There's I, no he's way. probably Hispanic, but that name is Italian as fuck. Leguizamo. Yeah. Leguizamo? yeah. Leg- that's Italian as shit, dude. I don't hear that at all. But I mean, Leguizamo. Whatever. Let's see. I, 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 it's just a weird name. Colombian, Puerto Rican, Puerto Rico. He's fucking Puerto Rican. God fucking damn I'll it, tell John. you what. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, you were saying? But yeah. Um, yeah, he, I've, John, uh, Luke Wilson is more of a, a glue guy. He's never going to be the star of a movie yeah. ever, I don't think. Well, idiocracy, you yeah. know, but for the most part, he's just a, a guy that's there who does his job and does it well. I, I think that he's he's sort of the... Yeah, that's pretty much. He holds a movie together. Yeah, he just does the job. You put him there, he does a movie together, and mm-hmm. then he gets a paycheck. Yep. That's it. Yep. Uh, Owen Owen Wilson, his brother, he's uh, Owen Wilson's brother, right? Yeah. That's an interesting fucking that family reunion. You know, it's I, I'd imagine like when they were kids and yeah. Owen Wilson being picked on for being ugly because yeah. he had the the shitty nose that's all squinched well, together. I love that nose now. But you do now. Yeah. That like that that distinguishes him distinguishes him and makes him the Hollywood star that he is because it's unusual and unique. Yeah. But as children, you know, Luke Wilson that was been awful. Yeah, Luke Wilson was the guy and the star of their family as children. <laughs> but adults, he's so overshadowed. It's not funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so like yeah, man, totally. Yeah, no, I can get you that. Yeah. yeah. I'm Owen Wilson. Yeah. Does he say that too? I'm Owen Wilson as he's saying it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all we have for the uh for premieres though for this week. I want I want to mention um I I want to mention one that I found out about today because I've watched a trailer. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about it. Yes. Other than what the trailer told me. It's called The Girlfriend Experience. Mm-hmm. It was in the IMDb's advertising on their sidebar tonight. That used to be a television show, didn't it? Uh, it is a television show, okay. but I don't know if it was a television show and now it's coming back. Yeah. I don't know if it's if it's just starting. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's like the first person, the boyfriend is living through the first person view or something like that? No, no, no. Okay, it's something different. Uh, this is about uh, a girl that's trying to make it in the corporate setting. I don't know what she does. She's okay. trying to make it in the corporate setting. Mm. But then she gets a side job because her job isn't enough, I mm. think, to, and she becomes a... a stripper? A, no, not a stripper, a, a nude model. Well, that's... And she, becomes, she becomes like sort of like a... A uh, poster person for an erotic um, site. I'm intrigued. And uh, <laughs> yes. and uh, th- and and then she goes through that, and she's trying to make it in her corporate ladder, mm. and then keep this job alive. But from the trailer, it looks like she's having trouble deciding which part of her identity does she want to go through. Mm. And I was like, I, at one point in the trailer, um, she's debating whether she likes the modeling more than the the corporate job, or she wants a career over the modeling and all the things that come with either lifestyle. Yeah. And I, and I thought it was a really interesting look into what women deal with if they want to explore, you know, their sexuality for money. Yeah. Or they want to they want to explore, um, or they want to work in the sex industry, and still be able to make a good career when they leave the the sex industry. Oh, they. Oh, yeah, that's coming out. That'll be May the twenty second. May the twenty second. Yeah. Cool. So it's not gonna be on for a while, but I saw it today uh, on a trailer, and I thought it was really interesting and really good. And since we're talking about women. You know, being empowered more in television and being paid more attention in telly, 
I thought it was a, it was a good show to mention. Oh wow! Like, yeah, there there's a number of things named the Gor- girlfriend experience. Really? Now this one, I, I assume you're talking about the one from Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that one is premiering Sunday, April the tenth. Sunday, April the tenth. Yeah. All right, so that's this weekend. Then. Yeah. Uh, so girlfriend experience. Uh, mm-hmm. watch. Give it a go. Give it a go. It looks I mean, like an interesting show. We're talking about a woman being empowered, mm-hmm. and this looks like a woman learning, you know, how to be how to empower herself. Yeah. In different ways it just looks like an exploration of like sexuality mm. and woman versus yeah. corporate lifestyle and woman career-wise yeah and it just it, it looked like a good mention i will check that out yeah i think that's it for Hell today's yeah. episode because we went way the fuck over time yeah this is like a two-hour <laughs> episode <laughs> it's crazy hope you like it yes yes uh sci-fi was just a good topic so it, it was uh it was hard to not talk a lot about it mm. Uh, so yeah thank you for watching this is episode 11 of the For Film Sake podcast yes. tune in next Tuesday yes yes <laughs> <laughs> I don't know man <laughs> like I'm loopy man my brain is fried like my eyes are like droopy now I'm like mm. doing everything to maintain the energy oh man I would maintain the energy I would kill for a glass of whiskey right now oh man should be great hell yeah uh, anyway thank you guys for watching episode 11 of the For Film Sake podcast yes. done uh, tune in next time. We're going to talk about, I think, mom movies. Uh, we'll see. I mean, yeah, you'll yeah. find out when you, we find out. You'll find yeah. out. Yeah, you'll find out. So, uh, cheers. Have a nice one. And thank you for watching. Bye.